Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us today. We've got an awesome episode for you. It's on reverse dieting, Ooh, which I buzzword. think is probably one of the biggest buzzwords, sexy words in nutrition. Yeah. everyone, Everyone's like, what's reverse dieting? I get to eat more, maintain my progress. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> sound like a cartoon character. Do I? <laughs> so reverse dieting is essentially training your body to eat more while maintaining your weight. So what are some reasons that this could be beneficial for people? So this is going to help a lot psychologically. So everyone knows diet, eat less, make progress, lose weight, right? And then it's like I've achieved, let's say I want to lose 20 pounds. I continue eating less and less and less, exercising more and more and more. Obviously, we want to stay within boundaries that allow you to maintain good health. Just because I'm saying eat less, less, less doesn't mean like starve yourself. I'm saying in a healthy manner, that's more um, productive. And you get to, you lose your 20 pounds, you get to the end and you're eating the lowest amount that we want you to be eating. So let's say you're a female and you're down to 1500 calories We don't, or 1400 calories. We don't necessarily want you to be eating that, that low forever, but you like worked your way down to get to that level, the goal, the goal weight that you're trying to get to. And reverse dieting allows you to build your calorie intake up without going all the way back and gaining the 20 pounds back. Nobody wants to stay at the lowest point in their diet for the rest of their life. That's just the reason why <laughs> most people don't sustain their progress mm -hmm. over time is because they want to eat more again and they you, can, you can't sustain that really low amount of calories for you. I just threw out 1,400, 1,500 calories as a, as a base, like as a suggestion. It's different for every single person. And it really helps psychologically to be able to go out and eat at restaurants and have more flexibility with what your body can actually use in terms of the calorie that it's, that it's putting in. It gives you more flexibility in terms of food. Um, and it allows you to just kind of get back to a place where you don't have to be feel as restricted as you do at the end of a dieting phase. And it can be easier to maintain because you're not dealing with as much hunger. You're not in a deficit anymore. And so you don't deal with as much hunger. So it's just easier to maintain your progress long-term. Yeah. Can it give you more energy? Well, it's going assume. to, it's going, we're going to talk about like the metabolic adaptation aspect of this. Um, and it's going to help increase your basal metabolic rate, which ultimately is giving you more energy. But do people typically feel like more awake or energetic throughout the day? For sure. Cause you're, you're utilizing more energy and you have more energy reserves when you've slowly built your calorie intake back up. So you're definitely going to, at the end of a dieting phase generally is when you feel your body's adapting and you feel the lowest amount of energy, which doesn't mean you're low, low energy and you should feel low, low energy at the end of a diet, but it's less than when you're eating a ton all day. Mm -hmm. 
And it can help you avoid things like burning out, uh, damaging your body by being in a deficit for so long, which is a, a problem that I feel like women suffer from more than men, especially in relation to their periods, right? I think um, women talk about it more than men, for sure. Got it. But there's definitely men that are doing... Um, some level of damage to their bodies by being restricted for a really, really long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, women do have a cycle that happens every single month that you can noticeably lose and men just don't have something right. like that. It's like a easy marker. Right. And not having your cycle is a marker that something in your body is not working properly, especially if you're not on hormonal birth control or you're not on something that you're not using like an IUD or something that could explain why you've lost your period. Um so that definitely, it's like a, you can notice it in women, mm-hmm. but I, I also think men just don't necessarily talk about restricting themselves that way. So in a second, we'll talk about a little bit of the science behind why it works, how it works, but who is this good for and when, and maybe who is this not a good option for? So two different people I say would be the best and most ideal people for a reverse diet. Someone who's been dieting for a really long time and they've been in a deficit for a long time and you're at a place where you've like plateaued and you shouldn't reduce your calories anymore. So we at Working Against Gravity, we do not believe in like reducing calories so much that people are in the damaged territory and in a place where you just really can't enjoy your life as well. So if you, let's say you have 50 pounds to lose, you've lost 20 pounds. You still have 30 more pounds that you want to lose. And you've been dieting for four months, five months, and you're not making progress anymore. This would be a great time to start a reverse diet. Maintain that 20 pounds of weight loss, work your calories back up while you're maintaining that 20 pounds of weight loss, maybe you like gain a couple pounds here and there, but you can end up eating more food, have your body just get used to eating more food. And then once you've had that break, you're going to be re-motivated to get back into a dieting phase. So then you have more calories to work with, more calories. And your metabolism will have risen. Right. And so that's like one really good person where you've been dieting for a while. This is this can be a great... Um, structure to taking a break from a diet. And then the next person is someone who's all the way achieved the exact body that they're looking for. You've you've achieved your goals, you've hit the weight that you're looking for, and now you're like, okay, what now? I just don't want to have to diet this, this intensely. I don't want to have to track my food this closely. I want to be able to build my calorie intake up that it's, I'm even without, let's say without tracking. So I would be a good example. I achieved like the body that I'm, that I love and I feel really confident in. And no, if I'm not tracking my food, I roughly eat a certain amount of food every day. So I'm not going to, I don't fluctuate in terms of how much I eat on a daily basis, even when I'm completely unaccountable and just eating based on hunger. So if I can build my calorie intake up to that amount, then I can maintain the body without a lot of restriction and precision and it just is easier for me to maintain. So how does it work? So there is this thing called metabolic adaptation. And if anyone um, listens to Lane Norton, he gives some really good explanations of exactly what this means. Um, And it's an adaptation that's going to occur in your body as it accommodates for you losing weight and decreasing your calories. So you're losing fat and you're decreasing your calories and then your body is going to now function burning less calories per day. Um, Lane calls this the modern day starvation. 
and your calories become low in terms of what you're ingesting, then your energy reserves in your body are lowered. And this, your body's actually going to reduce the energy that it's exerting throughout the day. Well, this makes sense because if you're, if you're getting less calories, your body doesn't want to lose weight rapidly. It wants to protect itself. So Mm -hmm. it's going to reduce how much energy it's burning. So it tries to maintain its weight as much as possible. Yeah. And for that reason, it's your body has things that still need to function that you don't necessarily think about that have nothing to do with your weight loss, like your cycle or your hormones or your organs, like all of those things require energy. And so your body is going to conserve as much as possible. And then that means that your basal metabolic rate, which is your energy that's expended at rest, like sitting, breathing, sleeping, that's 70% of the total calories that you expend in a day. 70%. So that's way by far the majority of how you're burning calories in a day. That is actually going to decline to accommodate for the declines in food intake. It's also going to decline because you become a smaller person and smaller people generally require less calories than larger people. Mm -hmm. And um, this is why you, when you're dieting, you're going to need a greater and greater calorie deficit to continue seeing fat loss occur. So you have somebody who's, you know, you've lost five pounds and then you see this like stall in progress, you cut a hundred calories per day or whatever it is. And then you start seeing progress again. It's because your body has adapted to the amount of calories that you're bringing in and how much it's exerting. Got it. And then, um, when you finish dieting, so I'm done, I've either achieved my goals or I'm ready to take a break and bring my calories back up. If you just go right back to eating a whole bunch of calories again, so let's use numbers just to be a little bit more clear. So let's say I've dieted all the way down to 1,500 calories a day and I started at 2,200 calories a day. If I just go right away to 2,200 calories a day, you're potentially going to overwhelm your basal metabolic rate and it's going to be too much and then your body's going to start storing fat. And It's just too many calories and it needs the time to adapt in the other direction the same way that it needs the time to adapt um, as it's accommodating you as you're burning fat. So the reason why reverse dieting works is because it's a slow and steady increase of calories that allows your body to adapt on the way up so that you can maintain, your body can um, actually utilize the calories that you're giving it instead of storing it as fat. Got it. So let's talk about exactly how this works uh, or, or how to start implementing this. So number one is you have to be crazy consistent. And I will just say right away that I have never been consistent enough for long enough to actually reverse diet. Um, I'll stick to my my plan for four to eight to 12 weeks, and then I'll have a weekend that kind of throws me off. And because of that, I am always, um, I'm just never a great candidate for this. Mm-hmm. You're also in this like interesting category of somebody who has like, maybe you want, you, you don't have any weight to lose. You, you want to lose five to 10 pounds, let's say, just so that you can look the way that you want to look and you also look great right now. So you're, the motivation is just 
I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm rarely super motivated. Yeah, exactly. So you're in this like where there's a lot of people just like you. So it's this unique uh, version of dieters. <laughs> you're special like a snowflake. Thanks, man. <laughs> so you have to be super consistent because a, a big part of this is actually reaching your goal weight in the first place or reaching your goals in the first place. Mm-hmm. And without being consistent, your body doesn't, um, is not going to make that initial adaptation and you're, you're not going to know where to start. Yeah. I think the mindset is people have this goal of getting to their body that they want and then they don't realize that it's also a goal to reverse diet back to a certain amount of calories that they want to eat. We've been programmed to think about goals in terms of weight loss and getting the body that you want and looking a certain way. And once you've gotten it, it's like I got to the end and I can be more flexible. But there's still this other phase that's really important to help you maintain that progress that people really forget about. They're like, oh, I've gotten here. Now I can start loosening things up and I can start getting going back to how I used to be. Um, but that's really just going to take you back to where you used to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see consistently happen with you know, 95% of people that ever start a nutrition program. So being crazy consistent is really important, I think, in general, in life, in all things. But that doesn't mean that you can't have your like random day where you aren't crazy consistent. Um, It shouldn't happen once a week. It shouldn't happen multiple times a week. It's going to make things definitely more difficult. But we're not here saying you need to be like a drill sergeant. It can help. But um, it's not 100% necessary if that's going to add a lot of stress in your life. Just know that um, it could slow down things a little bit for you. But um, it's really important just to be consistent to give your body the time to adapt. Number two is our coaches typically help people by increasing their macros by 10% every two weeks. Yeah, so 10% of total calories. Generally, we... um, spread those out between carbs and fat. Um, It also depends on the preference of the client. So if you're the type of person who enjoys eating fat more, we'll we'll put those calories into fat. Um, If you enjoy eating carbohydrates more, I'll put those calories into carbs. Or if getting to know you, we've realized that you do better with more carbs, meaning feel better, Mm -hmm. body composition's better, energy's better. We'll do that. Um, It just really depends on who you are. Uh, And then we monitor for two weeks. So the different options of what happens there is either your weight's going to maintain or you might see some fluctuations and a trend up in either direction. So let's say your weight maintains for two weeks, you can increase again by 10% or maybe 5%. You can play around with the percentage. Um, If your weight does not maintain and you do see an increase, it could be worth just like sticking it out for another two weeks and seeing what happens um, before just making a decision to quickly out of fear, reduce your calories again. Because what we're really trying to do is get your body used to increasing its calories. And for a lot of people, the, the body that they got to at the end of the dieting phase was like a really, really lean physique. That's really, really hard to maintain long-term. So you might just gain body fat as you're going through a reverse diet, meaning let's say you've lost 30 pounds and you complete a reverse diet, like getting up to a sustainable amount of calories and you've gained five pounds back, you're still 25 pounds down. Even if it was 20 and you gained five pounds back, you're still 15 pounds down and you are definitely leaner than when you started. And now you're back at a sustainable amount of calories that if you did want to reduce calories again to do like a smaller cut, you only have five pounds to lose. And there's so much wiggle room. There's so much room to work with where 
we're not going to ruin your life by decreasing your calories so that you're starving. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, great. So I hope that makes sense to everybody else. <laughs> Why no protein? Why not add any protein uh, for calories? I mean, sometimes we do. I think it depends on how much weight you've lost and how much your body weight has changed. But protein is in general like a more stable macro, um, especially since we are already a little bit heavier on the protein since most of the people that we work with are athletes that are training really hard. So adding protein um, when someone's lighter is like their body weight is lighter. So it doesn't necessarily require adding calories into the protein category. We've probably if anything, like would reduce it a little bit and then move the calories into carbs or fat just because we're already giving people more protein than your average Joe, um, unless you are an average Joe and you work with us and um, we'll give you a little bit less, but it depends. Sometimes we might put um, calories into protein if people really like it and we see that maybe they giving them more carbs and fat makes them make poorer food choices on the way up. Mm-hmm. And the number three, finally, is paying attention to your NEAT. What is that and why? This is a, oh my gosh, <laughs> I think it's non-exercise something thermogenesis. Activity. Why Activity, yes. non-exercise activity thermogenesis. We did wow. it, guys. Jeez. We do it's nutrition. Like, yeah, jeez. I'm also pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> Things just like leave my brain. So when you diet for a long time, you may not even notice, but you start reducing your, so your knee is basically the like not exercise, not your hour workout a day. And you're not just sitting and resting, but I don't know, maybe you have a a job where you move around a lot. You walk around a lot, you are working in construction or something, or you're a coach at a gym or you're just not just sitting in a chair all day. So it's, you're going up and down stairs. That is your non-exercise activity. That's what what that includes. And when you're dieting a long time, you might not realize it because you're with yourself every single day, but you are likely reducing the amount of non-exercise activity that you're doing in a day just because your body is adapting to that having low energy and it's going to low energy meaning lower calories. So it's going to like kind of encourage you in small ways to move less and to do that a little bit less. And so what's the takeaway here? Is it just to maintain some level of moving throughout your day? How can people think about this? Yeah, so it's this accounts for around 15% of your total daily energy expenditure, meaning like total calories that you expend in a day, which is a good chunk. So just paying attention to it. So if you're going to reverse diet and you're now you're now at this the the end of your dieting phase and you're moving a lot less. Now pay attention to like incorporating movement back into your day because you're going to be increasing your calorie and calories and it's going to help your body utilize those calories instead of um, storing it as fat. So um, just paying attention to it. Uh, you're not at the end of your dieting phase anymore. You're increasing your calories, which means we want to use them. So just notice it as you're... Um, building things back up. You should have more energy. Um, It'll also make you feel better and uh, it's healthier. (laughs) Love it. So again, number one is be crazy consistent. Mm -hmm. Number two is increase your macros by 10% of total calories every two weeks. And finally, number three is pay attention to your need. Yes. Move more. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Hope this was helpful. All right, y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us. 
Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.